And welcome to your Friday. Almost time for the weekend, but first, it's time for another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. I'm very glad to be with you, and we are charging right ahead, continuing on with this wonderful podcast of ours. Hard to believe, but this summer, it looks like we'll be looking at episode 100. So this Already. Is, this is exciting times with the Speaking for Him podcast. So stay tuned. Some exciting stuff coming up, and we would like to do something special for that occasion. So if anybody in our listening audience has any ideas, let us know. But without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. Um, today we are going to talk about a ministry called God's Helping Hands, and I have a friend of mine in the studio who is involved with that ministry. We're going to do an interview in just a few moments. But first, Adam, start us off with our quote of the day. All right, this comes from A.W. Tozer. It's the pursuit of God. He says here, Let every man abide in the calling wherein he is called, and his work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. It is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. And I, I picked this this uh, quote because as we are going to be talking about a particular ministry today, I want other people to realize that even if God has not called them to what we in the in Christian circles would call ministry, he has called you to minister. Whatever, wherever he has you, whether you're a mom who works with her young children or whether you are a, a plumber who is skilled in that field, he has called you there and so do your best at it. And then if he calls you to a specific ministry, you'll be prepared. But uh, remember that whatever God has for you, uh, it's his perfect will and plan. So continue to walk in it until he gives you another direction. Adam, do you have any thoughts? I think that's that's a great point. And I love there where it says, it is not what a man does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular. It is why he does it. The intention of what you do can pretty much... Make or break your life. I mean, that sounds kind of harsh, but it's true. It's that intention behind your heart, and that's really going to help to motivate you to do what God's called you to do. So I just, I thought that was a great point. All right, well, I hope that will help to inform our discussion today and uh, give you a little bit to think about as we move into it. Uh, Today I have the privilege of welcoming on the show Chris Knobloch. Chris has been a a good friend of mine for a number of years, um, and I'm really excited to have him here. Uh, He's been involved with CBH Ministries. Those of you who are listeners to my podcast know that uh, last year we had Uncle Charlie on the show, and that was one of our one of my more fun interviews that I've done. And uh, now Chris is here, and he is very familiar with Uncle Charlie, having worked with him for a number of years. And now he's with a ministry called. God's Helping Hands. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me come in today. This is going to be fun. I'm very excited to have you here, and we'll just get right into the questions. All right. Chris, could you tell us how you came to know Christ personally? Mm. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My mom and dad knew the Lord, but that didn't save me. And uh, I went to church every Sunday, Sunday school every Sunday. That didn't save me either. When I was five, I uh, went to a vacation Bible school, not even at my own church, in my neighborhood. And I was sitting there hearing the stories that I already knew. 
And uh, I remember it being given again, the gospel, the good news. And it struck me that time that, hey, this is for me. I need to do this for myself. This is, uh, this is something that is between me and the Lord personally. And there was somebody there who was uh, ready and able to talk with kids, uh, and someone did that with me, and I came to know the Lord as my own personal Savior that day. Could you uh, tell us about your family, both the family you grew up with and then your family now? Sure. Uh, I'm the oldest in my family. I'm the oldest brother. I'm the oldest altogether. All right. <laughs> Are you the oldest, Adam? I am the oldest, yes. And Andrew's also yes. the oldest, so we yeah, got well, a little club going here. There's a lot of alpha males <laughs> in this room right now. <laughs> I have a younger sister and then three younger brothers, and uh, they're all spaced out. My youngest brother is... Uh, is just about 16 now, so uh, we're 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 pretty well spaced out, and, and that didn't sound right. Did it? <laughs> we're well spaced out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we all have our moments, we you know, in our families. Say, yeah, I just had one there, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the family growing up, and uh, and now I'm I'm married with a family of my own. My wife Amber and I have been married for just eight years, and uh, we have two children, Kylie. Uh, is six, and uh, Eliana is almost four. Well, well that's awesome, and it's it's neat to see uh, the Lord work in people's lives. I know it's amazing how things change. I remember when we were both young boys, and mm-hmm. now we are adults, and yeah. and watching my own uh, siblings raise their families as well. Uh, we're actually going to have. Four new grandchildren in our family mm. in 2014. So busy times. Yeah. And yes. The family is growing by leaps and bounds. That's exciting. Um, I mentioned earlier uh, that you were involved with Children's Bible Hour. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us how you came to be involved in that? Sure. Maybe just a little bit about your experience. You bet. Uh, when I was three. Uh, my mom brought me down there. They, they, at that time in the ministry, they would have a little feature on often called Company Corner. And, uh, and that was just reaching out into uh, outside of the ministry itself, outside the normal choir kids into, uh, into the surrounding area, wherever they came from, and finding uh, boys and girls, often ones younger than were in the choir, uh, that would come on the program. So I was three when I was first on there with Uncle Charlie. My grandma was acquainted with him personally, and, and that kind of gave her the idea. Uh, and uh, and then a couple times on and off as I got a little older, and then when I was uh, right in eight or nine, right in there, I was old enough to join the choir and did so. Uh, and uh, from there, it just different things added on to that. I was one of the story boys uh, doing the doing the stories at the ends of the half hour program, and also on uh, one of the duet teams with uh, with Melissa, who was uh, on the program a long time since she was a very little girl, and then up until uh, until she was in her mid teens, like all of us when we would leave the program, fifteen, sixteen years old, graduated from the ninth grade. That was when it was time to to move on. After that, uh, I worked for CBH Ministries. Um, working in the sound department uh, for a few years and doing some other things for the ministry uh, until I was about 20. And that's when the Lord led me out of that and into other things. But I've, of course, kept up with Uncle Charlie through these years. 
Um, he was for many years on our board at God's Helping Hands. Uh, he's since retired from that position as well, but I see him uh, from time to time, and, and we love to see each other. It, he's, well, you had him in here, and so you, you know, and everyone knows from listening to him and watching his life that is an amazing life, an amazing man, and uh, I, I credit a great deal of what the Lord did with me to his influence. Uh, well, I, w- I would have to say very similar things. Uh, my uh, exposure to Children's Bible Hour was from as far back as I can remember. And I always told my mom that I wanted to be part of Children's Bible Hour and to tour with them because mm-hmm. I like love to go to the the live rallies. And I was mm-hmm. like, wouldn't it be cool to be a part of that and yeah. be up in front and singing for all these people? And I never got the opportunity to be a regular touring member, but I did... Uh, appear on Company Corner mm. back when I was 14 years old, mm-hmm. 14, 15 years old, and that was a good opportunity. And I actually, I also think that was one of the first times that I met you mm-hmm. was that day. And then a few years later, uh, at a homeschool conference, I ran into Chris again and realized he was a homeschooler, realized we had even more in common than I thought. Hmm. And so it's been a wonderful friendship, even though we don't see each other a lot. No, we don't. But I'm, but I'm blessed to to have that and blessed to have you here. Uh, well, before we depart from the CBH part of your life, is there a specific uh, fond memory that you have of that time? <laughs> uh, I could pick any number of things. Um, <laughs> looking outside the window here at all the snow and stuff reminds me of one particular occasion. I was still very young, probably 9 or 10, and every year, uh, Uncle Charlie would take the kids of the choir uh, on a winter retreat for a weekend to a to a camp. That was fun. It, oh, it was a riot. That was great. It was, and it was just something that uh, he really put himself out to do, uh, he, and not him alone either. There were there were others, of course, who organized and and, and helped with it uh, a great deal. But we were out there at this camp, and they had a, a tubing hill. I went down the hill and right on out onto the iced over lake. And, of course, you know, the uh, the goal of, of any self-respecting kid is to get the furthest out onto the lake. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I was I was little. I, w- I didn't stand a chance of getting out the furthest. There were bigger kids. They could run faster and belly flop onto the thing, and out they go. And so Charlie said, hey, Chris, come over here. Come on over. We're going to get the record. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and so he sat me on his lap. And down we went, and he'd figured out, because it was banked up on either side of the uh, path, he had figured out that he could increase his speed if he would ramp up one side and then shift to the other side and and back and forth that way and then shoot out onto that ice. And sure enough, we got the record. And there will be those who will dispute this point. (laughs) Because I was told later, well, we beat the record, but I found out that they only beat it because they went down in a train of tubes and at the end they pushed the last guy, you know. That's cheating. That's that's controversial call, I think. to this day, I claim that Uncle Charlie and I got the record that year for tubing down the hill. Well, you heard it here, folks, and if anybody out there was there that day and wants to dispute it, they are more than uh, welcome to to email email or leave a voicemail on the blog, Mm -hmm. and we may feature it uh, at a future time. And I will find you. (laughs) (laughs) 
So watch, cover your tracks, use an anonymous IP address, whatever you need to do. But anyway, moving right along, that brings us to your current ministry, God's Helping Hands. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. God's Helping Hands is a ministry that, like CBH Ministries, is geared primarily towards kids and their families. Uh, and while CBH Ministry has done that primarily in years past through radio and now very mu- uh, much through a very large Internet presence, uh, God's Helping Hands does it um, a lot through performance uh, as a way I guess I would put that. We use a lot of full-stage puppetry, a lot of drama, incorporating some music in there, uh, and our opportunities come in the form of vacation Bible schools during the summer, working alongside of churches, working with summer camps to provide their chapels for weeks of, of camps. And then uh, outside of the summer, just about every other kind of event you can imagine that are with churches or Christian schools or communities, um, doing, you know, Sunday school openers or Awana closers or Christmas programs or all kinds of different things, all with the purpose of presenting the gospel to boys and girls, and then by extension to their families. Yeah, I think when Uncle Charlie was here, he said something like 85% of people that come to Christ do so before they turn 12. Mm-hmm. So the 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 idea of reaching children with the gospel is not only a very prevalent one, but a very necessary one. Yes, and I think a lot of times we get the idea that it's because kids are impressionable, so it's easy to get them. And that may have, uh, there may be some truth in that, but I really prefer to think of it this way. Kids are willing and wanting to ask important questions about what is truth. They want to know. And they are like sponges that are just soaking up information. Now, some may call that just being impressionable, but this is all part of learning. We all do this. That information, that information vacuum is going to be filled with something. And we need to be ready to fill it with the truth. Uh, and so it's an exciting uh, sort of work to be in. You know, uh, sometimes I'm asked, well, Chris, you're in the United States. That's our field, the United mm-hmm. States. You're working in churches a lot. What about, what about the street corner evangelism? And why aren't you doing those things? And believe me, those things are, are necessary and valuable. But kind of like Tozer said, it's not so much what you're doing as why you're doing it. I'm so glad you opened with that uh, with that quote, because the Lord calls different people to different things mm-hmm. for his purposes. And he doesn't need us to do these things. He can do it without us, but he does it so that we can be a part of what he's already doing in the lives of people. And that's an exciting thing. Absolutely it is. I, I, I've been very pleased to see what the Lord has done through speaking for him in, in the almost three and a half years that uh, or four and a half years that we've existed, and I'm excited for the future. Um, so grateful, again, I know I say it a lot, but to be able to do this podcast, to reach people on a weekly basis, and to be doing radio, which is something I've been wanting to do since I was seven years old. So it's great to be here, great to have partnerships um, with the, the management of the station and also with my co-host, Adam. And with that, Adam, do you have any questions for our guests? I do, yeah. I want to know how we can pray for you uh, and your guys' ministry. Yeah. Well, um, just like anything else, there's a lot of work that goes into what people end up seeing. 
and that's happening all the time. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that responsibility for me is developing the material and uh, the the presentational material that we're going to give. I do a lot of writing, uh, a lot of study, and trying to package the truths of God's Word into something that is not watered down, but that is uh, clear and understandable to our audience, which is kids. Mm -hmm. So um, I always covet prayers in that regard. No one wants to stumble on presenting the Word. Ultimately, that's in the Lord's control, what He does with it, but we want to do our best by it, too. So we always uh, appreciate prayers that way. And like uh, like so many ministries, ours is a, a faith-based ministry, and that's uh, not only in what we do, but how we do it and financially. Um, we raise support like any other missionary with any other mission organization, and uh, we trust the Lord to provide for that, and He always has. People ask me, well, Chris, where's your support at? And uh, I say, well, we may be under-supported at any point, point in time, but we are never undersupplied. God always supplies the need. So really, uh, when you pray, if you think of God's helping hands, you can begin by thanking Him, because He does take care of His own, and He takes care of His message. Very good. Is there a particular link that we can go to to get more information about your specific ministry and possibly donate? Absolutely. You can go to our website, which is www.ghhinc.org, and that stands for God's Helping Hands Incorporated. So ghhinc.org. And you can find all about the ministry on there, our our schedule of where we're going to be. Uh, We have two different travel teams uh, and uh, and so their their schedules are up there, and uh, all kinds of things. There's some there's some uh, film clips uh, that were designed specially for the web of some of our uh, presentational material. There's even one in there. It's uh, well, it's 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 Phil Robertson in puppet form <laughs> on our website. It's 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 fantastic. Can the can the weight of the front of the puppet handle that hair and beard, or is it okay? It, it, he 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 totters a little bit. I think. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though. Yeah. Puppet uh, puppet form. Well, maybe Love it. Adam. Maybe when we hit the big time, we'll get ducked on the stand. There you go. There but, you go. <laughs> but uh, speaking of of that, it's so great to to know about people like that who are famous in in the secular sphere, but are using their uh, the fact that they are well-known to continue to spread the truth mm-hmm. of Scripture and to not compromise That's on That's right. It. How That's exciting right. is that? Yes. So, um, before we go any further, could you tell me just a little bit to backtrack uh, slightly how you got involved with God's Helping Hand? Sure. Uh, I was working quite a different job. I was working at a small Bible institute. And uh, and my wife and I were just married, and um, in the summer, of course, it's a school, so school's out, and we got a call from God's Helping Hand saying, hey, we've got a team that just moved into another ministry. We've got a whole summer of opportunities that are already lined up, all the materials ready. We need somebody to fill this. Now, I didn't tell you this, but my wife, Amber, grew up in this ministry. Her grandparents started it back in 1980. Her parents uh, were there right from the beginning, and she grew up doing this just like my girls are growing up doing it now. 
And uh, so she knew quite a lot about this. I was doing children's ministry on my own on the side, and so my heart was already partly there. And at the time, uh, working at a Bible institute, we had two students, two, two young ladies who needed uh, an internship to complete their Bible school education and get their, uh, their um, diploma from the school. And so we roped them in. We said, hey, we've got an internship opportunity with us on the road this summer. And they took it. And partway into that summer, the Lord began to speak to each one of the four of us individually. Uh, Amber and I didn't have any children yet at the time, so each of the four of us adults individually saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. So by the end of the summer, I don't remember the exact conversation, but we began talking together saying, the Lord told you that? Well, the Lord was saying that to me. Well, this is what we're supposed to do. And so um, we have just completed our seventh summer together as a team. Uh, this past summer, we're going into our eighth. And, uh, and we love it. The Lord has really blessed us to have a team that, uh, that enjoys working together. And, uh, and that's what we love to do. That's how we did it. That's how we got involved. All right. Well, that's great, Chris. And we will include a link to the website on our blog that's associated with uh, this podcast. So if you're interested in clicking on that link, you can surf right over to speakingforhim.blogspot.com as you listen and look at Chris's website and perhaps consider giving him a love offering. I know that he does good work and he's a man of integrity. So I want to endorse God's helping hands and to encourage you to give um, as the Lord blesses you. Chris, uh, before we part, I just have a couple more questions. And the first would be, do you have a favorite Bible verse that maybe sticks out as a life verse? Yeah. Um, <laughs> mine has been an unconventional life. Um with the different opportunities the Lord has given, things I've been able to do that some people would never get to do in a lifetime. And uh, the Lord has been really gracious that way. So one verse that always comes to mind for me is Psalm 1611. And it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I really love that verse because I did a little word study on it and just, just picked it apart a little bit. And that, that path of life has the idea of a well-worn path. The Lord's been down it for me, and he's going to take it with me. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And that idea is it's full. I can't, I can't hold anymore. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And that word forevermore has the idea of to the end of my journey. And so I think it, it, it can be applicable for my whole life. That is so good. And it reminds me of another psalm that says, uh, My days were written in a book before as yet there were none of them. And mm -hmm. so we have the confidence to know that God has a plan for our lives. And that's one of the things that Speaking for Him endeavors to do uh, with this podcast and the other ministry things that we are involved in is to let you know that every life has a purpose. Um, I'm beginning. I'm just beginning to find mine, and, and Chris has talked a little bit about finding his, and, and we both want you to find yours as well. So uh, I just want to encourage you uh, that if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that that's, that's the beginning point, the launching pad, from which God can begin to use you 
and show you the path of life, as Chris was talking about. Chris, we thank you so much for being here today. Yes, I just you. have oh, one final question, pleasure. and that is if you had any closing thoughts about ministry for our audience, we would love to hear them. Well, I, I think closing thought-wise, I'd just refer back to the opening thought by Tozer. It's so interesting that you should use that quote. I'm preparing a, a message to give tomorrow, actually, on this subject of, of being in ministry. We're all to be ministers of the gospel. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is what Romans 12.1 calls your reasonable service. And that doesn't mean we all are, are speakers or, or vocational missionaries or, or things like that, but it means that whatever you do, what does the verse say? Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's who assigned this to you. So we're all ministers of the gospel, should be, uh, whether vocational or uh, as, quote-unquote, layman. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Again, we will have information on Chris's ministry on our blog. We hope that you have a wonderful weekend and that, as always, you will keep serving the best of masters. My name is Andrew Gomison. I'm your host. Your executive producer is Adam McNutt. Have a great weekend, everybody.